Hey, friends, if you did not know this about our new friend, Dave Brown, he is a first-time Hall of Fame voter this season. So we're going to break down the potential likelihood that we think Joe Mauer will get enough help to make the Hall of Fame ballot, uh, or make the Hall of Fame, rather. And then a few other guys, too. We'll look at that all as well. But this is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. Uh, He's Dave Brown at Answer Dave Brown. I'm Brandon Warren. Not question Brandon Warren, but I'm sure some people would like to. At Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E, you can unfollow me on Twitter right there we are very appreciative for you making locked on twins your first listen every day we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and of course on youtube and part of the podcast network known as locked on your team every day and again we want you to be active with the show shoot us messages shoot us comments shoot us uh, all kinds of fun stuff that we can do on the show we love to hear from you love to hear what you like about the show love to hear what you don't like about the show as long as you're nice about it but Without further ado, Dave, it's a big off season for you, and I mean in in many ways, but um, an exciting time coming up here. We've already had the first reveal from not Mister Tibbs on Twitter, and if people cannot figure out what I'm tap dancing around, it's Hall of Fame season, and you have a vote for the first time. It's not a gag; it's real. I actually have a Hall of Fame vote. I've been uh, covering in some form or another baseball professionally since 1998. And I've been in the baseball writers association since 2013. And when you're in for 10 years, so actually I think I probably should have voted last year, but I don't, I was distracted or something. I didn't complain about it. I didn't get a vote, but this year uh, I've got a vote and uh, it's something I take, uh, you know, almost too seriously, but not quite. I'm uh, as much as I like to find the, the joke in most things serious. Um, you know, it's uh, it's an important uh, obligation, and um, it sounds nerdy of me, but it's something I've been preparing for uh, even longer than I've been a baseball writer. It's uh, it's an incredible honor and responsibility, and I, I I kind of have pretended that I had a vote up until this year, so I'm practiced. And now uh, it's going to count for real. I'm I'm really excited. Um, what do you think of the tracker that Ryan Thibodeau and a few other guys do? Because, you know, local columnist here, I, I won't share his name, but he's very well known, came out on Twitter yesterday or today and said he doesn't like it. Um, I mean, it, it is what it is as far as like people sharing their ballots of their own free will and volition. And you can check that. I mean, if you look at the ballot, you can check that and make the vote public 14 days after the results are announced. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I could see the the logic. It's like when you vote for a president, they don't count the votes all day long and keep you updated. You know what I mean? You're not you're not like, oh, my guy is 20 percent up or 50 electoral votes up and it's 6 p.m. local time. Maybe I don't have to go vote. You know what I mean? Like that that's not a thing. And it wouldn't be for a Hall of Fame either. But. Does it bother you that maybe part of it's a, a very public part of the process? Well, maybe it, it, it should bother me. Um, you know, I, I think I 
uh, feel sympathy with some of the points that uh, can I say Lavelle's name? That's I think he just did. Uh, <laughs> that that he made, and uh, you know, he's not that, wrong. He's not out and out wrong. No, I don't necessarily agree, but I, uh, you know, he's he's like, well, it, it's too bad to to sum up. It's too bad that the, the potential Hall of Famers kind of have to have their names regurgitated and uh, dragged around here for a month until they they do the reveal. So, uh, from, you know, from that standpoint, um, you know, it, it's it's fun for us because we're not the ones nominated. I suppose if I were a nervous Joe Maurer or somebody who's got their name in the in the hopper, maybe uh, you know I, I'd want to stay away from all public you know, social media and that kind of thing. If it, if it got uh, too crazy, um, but it's from as a, somebody who's not being voted on, it's, it's fun to see, you know, where guys are tracking. And the one thing that I do like about it, now that you mentioned it, is that it gets the discussion going. And I think uh, too many people think, well, you know, if you had a ballot, you would just take one look at it and say, well, that guy's a hall of famer. That guy doesn't look like a hall of famer. It's an easy decision and then be done with it. And I just don't think that's how it works. I, I think that's that's not how the Hall of Fame has been for a long time. I think uh, it, it's good. I think one, the more conversation we have about uh, who gets what votes and how many and how many years are left and, you know, counting it down. Uh, you know, I, Larry Walker, I, th- I think, deserved to be in the Hall of Fame and, and wouldn't have gotten in, to use one example, had there not been that discussion year after year. And, you know, sometimes it gets tiresome for some people and that's fine, but I think it's, uh, the, the discussion is good for, um, making the, the hall of fame better. I, I, I don't think there are too many people in the hall of fame. I don't think the writers are responsible for the, uh, some of the, the names that are in there that maybe shouldn't be. I think other people are for the most part. Um, so I, I think the writers do have done a pretty good job of, uh, gatekeeping it and uh, i know people don't like gatekeepers or like that word but um i think the 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 conversations are good and and they're certainly fun for me so i like it well and tim raines too got a kind of a groundswell of support from a writer who we choose not to mention anymore because of reasons um but yeah so his name what's that i'm not going to mention that guy's name no screw that guy um anyway but i digress uh so if you so we're not going to have you reveal really anything um, on this episode because I'm sure you're still working on it, but also too because maybe we can get an episode out of that. We did talk about that off the air, and that would be great as well. But I do want to kind of get a feel for your methodology um, as candidly as you can. Speak about how you feel about the ten player limit. But the first thing, uh, kind of foundationally, would you consider yourself big hall, small hall? Uh, cause for me, it's a museum to celebrate the game and I want to invite many, many players into it. I, I know of the concept of the hall of very good. Um, you know, if I think of a player who fits that to a T it's a former twin who's on the ballot, Tory Hunter. And so I think of him as a hall of very good player. Um, could you convince a big hall voter that he belongs in there? Interesting litmus test, but I don't think so. But if that's the divider between small hall and big hall, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm a big hall guy, but uh, I haven't really decided yet for sure. And luckily, I don't have to. Where do you think you fall on it? 
I'm probably a big haul guy. Of course, we're uh, you know defining these terms. What constitutes a big haul guy? Um, maybe we don't all agree on that. But uh, I, I don't think there should be waves and waves upon players elected into the Hall of Fame. But uh, I do think that uh, there aren't close to too many guys overall. I think uh, there's, a, a, I guess, a decent amount based on the percentage of the players who've played in the past. And, um, you know, you asked about my methodology. I use, you know, I use uh, baseball reference a lot. It's uh, the baseball encyclopedia of its day. And that's uh, one place I go to compare the players and um, not just their stats in a vacuum, but, uh, you know, Jay Jaffe's Jaws system. Jay Jaffe is a is a writer for fan graphs and he's written books, at least one book about the Hall of Fame process. And, uh, you know, I I have that on the shelf. Do you? Somewhere back here. That's definitely one place I go to. You know, I, I guess it comes down to when I see a name on the ballot, I look. And one thing I try to find is, are there a bunch of guys already in the Hall of Fame who are kind of like him? And does he sort of fit in the middle? You know, yep. is he a typical, is this player a typical Hall of Famer? Is this, a, you know, it's it's, e- it's easier to see who is, uh, you know, the elite of the elite, the best of all time. And, uh, you know, and I don't necessarily go at the other end of the spectrum for guys who are, uh, you know, maybes and, you know, can you stretch it? I like to see Hall of Famers who are kind of in the middle of who are typical of other players who have been in the Hall of Fame before. And if they fit that loose criteria, then chances are I'm going to support them. So like if you had voted for Vernon Wells, Torrey Hunter, similar kind of player, you'd want to at least be consistent in your methodology. Um, The ballot this time around, I mean, I've been looking at Hall of Fame ballots for a while. I mean, how long have they been tracking them? Probably 10 years. Um, Yeah, like that. Anyway, um, this to me is the most intriguing one because of the number of players where I'm like, huh, I'm going to have to really think about this guy. And I'm not going to name names right now. I'll go over my hypothetical ballot before we get out of here. But I think for me, it was just kind of like I got to 10. I'll I'll, I'll spoil that up, up front. But I still left probably, I don't know, three, four guys where I'm like, yeah, why not? Why not have them in the Hall of Fame? Can you tell the story of baseball without them? Probably, but they were a Hall of Famer. I, I saw what I saw, you know. Um, so to me, it's an intriguing ballot. It's one of the more intriguing. Um, knowing that you have a vote now and didn't before, I'm sure that already automatically adds some intrigue for you. But is... Uh, are you getting a similar vibe though, where you look at it and you're like, wow, I have to reconsider how good player X was or player Y or player Z or the, the rarely seen player double A once you get to uh, through A and Z and you guys start using letters over again? Well, I feel like I, I have to do my due diligence with every name that's on the ballot. And I haven't, I just got it in the mail this week. So, and we have to have them back by, uh, the last day of the year, I think. So I have about a month or five weeks to, to put it in the mail and it's got to be mailed. You can't email them in. There's no electronic voting. Uh, it's got to, you know, that comes with a self-stamped uh, envelope and wow. it's uh, yeah, 63 cents of postage. Um, and you, uh, you, you know, you fill it out and you put your badge number on it. And so it's a, uh, it's a real kind of old school drawing straws, kind of a, a vote, a, it's really uh, there's there's not a lot of uh, you know uh, electronic wizardry going on. So uh, I feel it's it's 
you know, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't look at all the names on the ballot and give them a, a twice over, a three times over, a 10 times over to see, you know, where they fall. Um, yeah. Just because there's, there's guys, I'll give you an example of a player. Um, you know, Billy Wagner's gotten close the last few years. I think he was at like 68%. Actually, I'm cheating. I'm looking right now. It's 68.1 last year. And uh, it's his ninth year on the ballot, so he's running out of time. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, looking at all the other uh, closers who've been in the hall, who've been elected to the Hall of Fame, and those who haven't, and yep. maybe should, uh, you know, I think that's in the, that's the context of the conversation with mm-hmm. Billy Wagner. It might not he might not be a guy that jumps out at you because he doesn't have uh, Gonzo save totals or whatever, but uh, you know, he's certainly that's a guy who was considered the best closer in the league for a, for a while, while he was in it. And that's one bell that should go off in your head. Um, That's true. Then, you know, you look at the other things that uh, maybe he did too. So, you know, he's a guy that I'm definitely going to put a lot of work into as far as trying to figure out if he belongs. Yeah. And I think relative position relativity matters. I mean, obviously we'll talk about Joe Maurer and that applies number one with a bullet. If you consider him a career catcher, which if you don't would be kind of surprising, but, it is what it is. Um, the the thing that struck me with this ballot, though, was there were for me there were really not any auto eliminations. So I want to say a couple years ago, maybe it was even last year, like Brad Penny was on the ballot, and I'm like, you know, Brad Penny had a great career, but I'm not voting for him. I wouldn't vote for him. I, I could take him off the list and feel confident. This year's list, like there are not, and I, again, I'm not trying to get you to reveal anything or whatever, but. Um, there's a few players where I'm like, nah, not going to happen. But like, I'm not saying immediately off the top of my head, like, forget about it, James Shields. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to see how good James Shields actually was now that the dust has settled on his career. Um, you know, uh, K-Rod, you got to think about K-Rod if you're going to think about Wagner just because of the position they play. Um, but yeah, I think what, what impressed me and I mean, I don't. I don't know that it's actually that impressive was, yeah, there just, there were just very few, if any, where I was like, nah, I'm not voting for this guy. Um, there well, was one where it was, I'm not voting for this guy, but for different reasons. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes I run into those kind of players too, with careers like that, or maybe if there's one or two particular things that happen off the field, that's going to affect how I think about their candidacy. But, you know, I think when you look at, you know, taking a look at all the players on the ballot for real, uh, no. If you're a voter, is uh, the least you can do. If you're, if you're, you know, obviously most of these guys aren't going to make it. Uh, most of the guys in the ballot don't probably deserve it in the end. But what they do deserve is just at least uh, not just for a courtesy, but you know, the uh, there's been other refinements of the names that we've seen before. You know, they've uh, they have to play a certain amount of. Uh, seasons and they have to uh, uh, have a few other things to, to qualify. So um, they, they at least deserve, you know, if you're, if you're a a sports writer in the everyday, not just hall of fame stuff, you know, you, you want to be well-read, you want to be well-informed or else, you know, what you write isn't going to be as good as it could be. That's, it's the same thing with these guys that that's why baseball writers in one way should make good, Hall of Fame judges. They don't always, but uh, if they don't have those processes when they work, 
but I think that's one thing that um, that you can use from your everyday job, from the everyday grind of covering a major league team in one form or another, to help you with this process. And I think all the players in the ballot deserve that much. How difficult do you think it's going to be for you to weigh off-field stuff? It depends on what it is. I've I've kind of come around thinking, uh, you know, uh, you know there have been some guys who are clear-cut Hall of Famers who've been on the ballot in recent years who have uh, domestic abuse issues, right. uh, an arrest or uh, something like it. And uh, I th- there is a, uh, um, a qualifier in the, in the, you know, you're supposed to look at character. I don't know that when they put it in there originally, they, they meant something like that. Um, you know, in 1940 though, was, was anybody looking out for uh, domestic uh, violence issues? Uh, not really. Uh, certainly in this context, they weren't. But um, we have it as a tool. We can use it. And, um, you know, I, you know, Roger Clemens was the best, you know, one of the best three or four pitchers of all time, something like that. Yeah. And if I had a vote for him, I wouldn't do it, um, you know, based on the, the, um, the, the issues with Mindy McCready. Yeah, uh, which is off the field. That doesn't have anything to do with baseball. And you know, I, I res- there's a bunch of guys who I respect who who vote who don't put things in that kind of context. And I guess that's okay for them. I just don't feel like if someone is that rotten of a person, um, I don't I don't feel like celebrating them myself. I you know, and, and if they're going to get into the Hall of Fame, it's not going to because of because of my vote. So I think about stuff like that. It's a uh, it's I think that's important enough reason to not vote for somebody, even if they deserve it in, in every other way. So I don't want to get you thrown out of this whole thing, but are, ten, like, would you be cool with the idea of voting for more than 10? Do you think 10 is a good number for me? So I propose this and it would be hard to do with a voting body this size, but I would say like, okay, if I'm voting and I'm voting for, let's say Billy Wagner, you said ninth ballot, right? I would like for the case to be if I voted for Billy Wagner in 2015 or whenever he got on the ballot, I think 15 probably be right. I say a yes, unless I specifically state no in a subsequent year. So I'm locked in as a yes on Billy Wagner. He does not count as my 10 for this cycle. And then I can spend that 10th vote on someone who I'm really hemming and hawing over who I think deserves to be in. Now, I understand the idea of a limit because it's a hallowed institution, but if you don't trust your voting body to not respect that institution, I feel like it's kind of uh, a, a dueling dichotomy of being the voting body but not being able to put as many players as you want on the list. So so what I'm kind of circling the drain here saying is um, I don't think 10 – is should be a hard and fast rule, but if it is, I think I should be able to lock in on a guy unless I explicitly state, you know, like if something happens after the fact where something comes to light, they do something off the field now. Um, that's what I would like to see, but again, there's however many hundreds of people voting, that would be hard to track. Well, they could do it. I think uh, something like 400 people voted last year, maybe not that many. Um, that, that's an interesting, uh, twist to doing it. You know, I think, uh, when we had that log jam a few years ago, it wasn't 
only because of the the 10 limit, but that was one of the reasons. It was yep. when the the uh, steroid era guys were getting in and, and people weren't voting for them and, and uh, well, they were voting for some, but not for others. Um, you know, it wasn't enough. You know, I, th- there are some years where objectively, you know, you're, you're not going to vote for any more than five or six. This is a year where I think you could make a case for 10. There certainly have been years where you could make a case for more than mm-hmm. 10. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of think you're, you're <laughs> at some point you are either a Hall of Famer or you're not. If you, And if you think a guy is worth it, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your, your vote for one of them just so another guy stays on the ballot. I think that's kind of the answer that some voters have taken to for that solution that you came up with, that they, they didn't necessarily vote for a guy who maybe they thought was a little more obvious, but they voted for somebody else who they thought maybe would fall off the ballot otherwise. Right. I, I'm sure people have done that before. And that oh, no, I, I think Mike Verdino spoke for that. Mike Verdino didn't vote for Pedro or somebody and got absolutely killed for it. And But he was voting for somebody else to keep them on the ballot because he figured Pedro had enough votes? I think it was like Kenny Lofton, but I'm not sure, which Kenny Lofton should have never fallen off the ballot the way he did either. And again, that logjam caused that. Right. Um, Kenny Lofton had the career war of a lot of the guys on this ballot that you and I would probably vote for, but just the cycle he got on. And again, if you don't think Kenny Lofton's a Hall of Famer or whatever, I'm not going to argue with that, um, you know, because he was the engine that made those teams go. Yeah. But it ticks me off when, frankly, Omar Vizquel is on the ballot. And that's, I'm not talking about the off-the-field stuff. But how did you not see Kenny Lofton standing behind him all those years in center field and not be certain Kenny Lofton was the vastly superior player? To, I, I, I don't get it. I do not know what people saw in Omar Vizquel. I know the defense is great. But if you saw Omar Vizquel, how did you miss Kenny Lofton? That's a, that's a good point, especially because, you know, Kenny's offense was better than Omar's for most of his career. And yeah. it, it's uh, people fall in love with the shortstop, the classic, the fielding of a shortstop. And, uh, you know, we uh, it is hard to measure exactly how good Omar was. He, he seemed to be a great shortstop yeah. for a number of years. Um, we're, we're better these days at, at, uh, at uh, measuring defense than we used to be. Although it's still kind of tricky, but yeah, it's uh, that's and a paradox and a definitely like like I'm not yeah. taking that from him. for sure, for sure. So um, you know, I I when they they cut down the amount of years that a guy could be on a ballot, it used to be 15. Yeah, now it's 10. I think that was a kind of a, a direct um, measure to keep to answer the Clemens uh, Bonds question. Okay, you know, if they're not going to get in, let's get them out of here and let's not have this be a, a controversy yep. for five more years than we have to. At first, I didn't like it because, you know, I I, I like I would like to vote for more than 10 yep. if there's more than 10. And, yep. and I, I like the idea, of, like I said before, of the conversations. The more conversations we have, the you know, Larry Walker gets in. Otherwise, he doesn't. And he's yep. almost a casualty of the 15 year, not 10, you know, in, instead of 10 thing. But I think now with the way social media is, I think 10 years is probably enough uh, to have conversations. We are sort of, uh, there are some people who are still in the shadows and we don't know who they, they, they are going to vote for, but I think there's a way to uh, let them hear the arguments. You know, they, they've got to open their ears a little bit, but I think there's a, a way for them to, uh, for the arguments to be heard that maybe there wasn't 15 years ago. 
uh, you know, with Twitter and other social media forums. So I think going forward, uh, you know, 10 years on the ballot is going to be enough for that reason. So I'm going to run down my ballot and then we're going to discuss one very specific player for very specific reasons. But I, so when you reveal yours, I'll, I'll do this again and, and I'll probably have the same answers, but we'll see. Um, but I went with Carlos Beltran, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Chase Utley, Billy Wagner, and David Wright. Now that's nine because obviously my 10th is Joe Maurer. Um, we've seen a ballot already come in, or at least the first one that I know of was Adam Rubin, former, I think it was ESPN New York, uh, Mets reporter. And then Mets he was guy, yeah. Mets guy, uh, voted for Wright, did not vote for Maurer, which I voted for both. So I'm not going to besmirch someone who voted for Wright because the, the, how good he was for those few years early in his career to me that hits your peak like i'll have to look at his jaws because i'll be interested to see what that looks like but his peak was incredible so for me that that's enough um but for me hard omissions were bobby abreu who i think i had in my ballot last year um andy pettit i i think i would vote for on an unlimited ballot uh gary sheffield i would vote for um, and then the only one that I wouldn't vote for is Omar Vizcal. Um, just not loving what I've heard about him the last few years, but he was the only one I would disqualify off the top. Otherwise though, that's my 10. Uh, and the 10th one is Joe Mauer, obviously. So when you look at Joe Mauer's hall of fame chances, you know, we get kind of tied up in how Minnesota fans viewed him as, you know, Oh, didn't live up to the first overall pick billing. Hometown kid never played in a playoff win, literally zero playoff wins in his career. They they won a playoff game in 2004. He was hurt. He didn't even play. Um, so there's a lot of meat on the bones for Twins fans to be like, well, he wasn't as good as I thought he was going to be, which whatever. But when you compare him to catchers, like, yeah, his, his fan graphs war isn't going to make you think less of Barry Bonds. But he also caught. He also dealt with injuries. He also um, – you know, you compare him to other catchers. Johnny Bench's Fangraphs war isn't as high as I'm sure like Ricky Henderson because different positions, different right. everything. So when I look at Joe Maurer as a catcher, he's in for me. Like no question about it. If I have to, if, I'm fine with Yadier Molina making it, but Joe Maurer to me was definitively the better player. Put them both in, put Buster Posey in, put whoever. Um, but Joe Maurer is a Hall of Famer to me, man. He's got some, uh, you know, you mentioned David Wright, and I think there's, those are, are two pretty good comparisons of players who, um, you know, had really good peaks in their careers and kind of short peaks and injuries, uh, you know, similarly uh, cut them, their seasons, their careers short. Um, you know, it, it goes with Joe specifically, it goes back to that, um, methodology where you look at who, and you mentioned it, who are the typical catchers in the hall of fame already and where does Maurer fit in? Uh, that's actually something I haven't gotten to yet. I was I'm kind of saving a lot of my whatever for Maurer cause he hasn't been on the ballot before. And so I haven't really looked that closely. Um, but you know, if, if Joe Maurer's career numbers, even uh, with just six or seven years as a catcher uh, fit in pretty well, among guys who are already in the Hall of Fame, if he, if they're typical, 
then that's probably a guy that I'm going to strongly consider voting for. Um, you know, I look at, uh, at David Wright's uh, numbers and, uh, you know, third base has been a, a position that is uh, there probably could be a few more guys in the Hall of Fame than there are now, although they're, they're, they've kind of taken care of that. And Adrian Beltre, I think, is a guy who's also a first year on the ballot. I think he's probably, you know, he might be the, uh, if there's a favorite, I would say he is. Um, I don't know that David Wright necessarily compares quite as favorably to the typical Hall of Fame third baseman that Joe Maurer does as a catcher. Um, yeah. So, but but I think you know you looked at Adam Rubin's ballot. He votes for Maurer or votes for uh, David Wright. Doesn't vote for Maurer. I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think Joe's going to run into it. I think it's not just Twins fans who uh, have uh, I don't want to say unrealistic expectations, but um, you know the the hopes for Joe Maurer's career. Uh, you know there there aren't too many players in the history of baseball who could live up to it. Uh, you know, Johnny Bench, you mentioned, uh, you know, he might be it as far as catchers. Um, so I, that that necessarily shouldn't I mean, that's too that's a very high standard. Um, but, it, it, you know, is the guy a typical Hall of Famer? Uh, right. I, you know, I, I think once I'm done with my uh, uh, tremendous calculations, I have a feeling Joe Maurer is going to be in there somewhere. I don't know if David Wright is, but, um, you know, I think. Nationally speaking, uh, there's there's some people who are going to make strong arguments or or whatever. They're going to it's going to seem like a strong argument. Well, this is why Joe Maurer shouldn't be in. This is why I'm not voting for him. And so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him at least one or two voting cycles to to actually get in. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like that, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I can see it being the case as well. So Joe Maurer, uh, if you look at his and again, this is not like. Super math. This is Joe Maurer's career Fangraphs war over or divided by the yeah. Fangraphs war of the number one catcher of all time by Fangraphs war, Johnny Bench. 70.9%. So Joe Maurer was 70.9% as good as Johnny Bench. David Wright, if you take his Fangraphs war, which is 51.2, and divide it over the highest mark by a third baseman, uh, you get 45%. So again, I don't know that that's not apples to apples. That's maybe not even apples to another fruit, but it also goes to show that the achievement standard for a catcher is just so much less. Uh, 15th in career fan graphs war for, uh, for catchers. I think rights around 30th for third baseman. They're both hall of famers for me. If you want to go on that basis, I also want to hear Joe Maurer's Hall of Fame speech just because it's probably going to be like, wow, um, my career is pretty good. All right, thanks. And then, like, that'll be it. Like, that'll, he might that'll surprise be it. us, Brandon. He might surprise us with that. Hopefully, uh, there's someone in his family who will help him write the report. And uh, no, he's not. I don't, I don't think he needs that kind of help. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he was not the most colorful speaker. Uh, and, and that's uh, unfortunately that works against him a little bit. Um, and, and the twins, you know, you mentioned all the, the playoff games that he didn't win. You know, there's, there's 25 guys on a baseball team, you know, more, if you count the, the guys during the season, you know, 35, 40, there's lots of reasons. Why the twins didn't out, win. By the way. If only, if only other twins had played as well as Joe Maurer did, yeah. maybe they would have won two or three more playoff games. I mean, that's how I would answer that question. 
Uh, well, we're actually fact checking you. There's 26 players on our roster now. Dave. Well, now there is, but not in not in back in the day when Joe Mauer. Oh, but he get off the lawn, right? Back. We got to get off Dave's lawn, folks. Um, no, I'm just messing with you. Uh, well, so yeah, my ballot I don't suspect will change that much. Um, oh, by the way, number one in third graphs, third fan graphs, third base war. I'm just cool. jumbling all my words together. Alex Rodriguez. So uh, cool. I was thinking that uh, I don't know. I thought maybe Mike Schmidt, Adrian Beltre. I don't know. But um, that was the point of the exercise was a short career for a third baseman is a lot different than a short career as a catcher. Um, right. That's it. I, yeah. yeah. And A-Rod's got some years at shortstop too. So, um, yeah. but I see what point you're making. Yeah. I don't know why they would put him at third base primary. I guess, I guess technically that's his primary position according to fan graphs, but uh, maybe he appears on both, but we are going to come back uh, maybe as early as Sunday tomorrow. And uh, we're going to do some, what was it? Cyber Monday deals for the twins, some trade candidates. Uh, I don't know if we'll do relievers because you really trade for relievers. Twins don't really do that, but maybe we'll do like two starting pitchers and two position players each and uh, get a feel for who we think the twins might look to trade for. How does that sound, Dave? That sounds like uh, we, we got to keep them on their toes. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, perfect. So, he's Dave Brown at Answer Dave Brown. I'm Brandon Warren at Brandon underscore W A R N E. Thanks for hanging out. This is Locked On Twins, and we'll see you tomorrow night.